It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Over 725 subscribers so far. Our goal this week is to get to 800. Let's get to 800 by the end of the week, or at least by next Monday. Thank you to everyone who so far has Support the show over on YouTube. If you don't watch on YouTube, you don't subscribe to YouTube, well, shame on you. You need to do that, but it's fine. As long as you rate, review, and subscribe, five stars only. Don't be a hater on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out over on Spotify. Check us out every morning for your morning commute. As the show comes out at 3 a.m. Eastern and then at noon on the West Coast, I heard from someone over in Australia that I guess the show comes out around dinner time there. So, hey, it comes out the same time every day. Whether you listen in the morning or in the afternoon, keep checking out the podcast either on YouTube or either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of those podcasting platforms out there. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council or leave a comment on a show from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of that week. And I'll answer those questions on Friday. Matt Rule. Answered some questions on Tuesday down at the NFL owners meeting in Palm Beach, Florida at the Breakers Resort, apparently that is over $1,000 per night, a very posh place that the media is not staying at. But the coaches and the owners are hanging out down there as it's been a very busy month in the NFL as free agency period started. We've seen all the crazy trades. The Panthers, I think, have done a fantastic job so far filling those holes on the roster as they head into the draft next month on the 28th of April through the 30th down in Las Vegas, Nevada. And there's a lot of questions about what the Carolina Panthers are going to do with that sixth overall pick. And it kind of feels like right now with Andy Dalton now off the board, Cam Newton, who we have an update on very shortly, he might not be coming out to Carolina. The Panthers are going to have to add someone to that quarterback room. And if they're going to add somebody, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a Mike Lennon or Ryan Fitzpatrick or any of the other free agent quarterbacks out there, it feels very likely that they're going to add anybody at the quarterback position that it would be a rookie. Now, Matt Rule, though, believes in Sam Darnold, as he believed in him last year, because Sam loves ball. He has a great arm and a work ethic and yada, 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 and all the buzzwords that we heard that led to absolutely nothing and have led to absolutely nothing through the first four years of Sam Darnold's career. The problem with Sam Darnold is he's just not very good. Now, maybe it's just what's been around them. We heard all the excuses. It was Adam Gase's fault. He didn't have any weapons. The offensive line. And then we heard it here in Carolina. The offensive line. Oh, the coach. And yada, yada, yada. Now, maybe it's going to work out. As Matt Rule said to the media on Tuesday morning, I think Sam's going to take a huge step this year. If that means someone else is there too, so be it. But I'm excited to see what Ben does with Sam. 
as in Ben McAdoo, the new OC here in Carolina, former head coach of the New York Giants, which went really bad after being the OC there and kind of helping resurrect Eli's career late there before things really fell apart. And he so famously or infamously benched Eli Manning, which was a terrible decision. If that were true, that Matt Rule thinks Sam Darnold's going to take a huge step this year, then they wouldn't be looking for another quarterback. Now, I guess if you think about it, though, a huge step for Sam Darnold would be competency, which he has not been throughout the first four years of his career. He has not been a competent quarterback. Now, the first three weeks of last season, which I pointed out to you guys pointed out, he did look good. Now, it comes with a caveat because the offense wasn't really great after halftime. His numbers in the third quarter were horrendous, and they played against the Jets, the Texans, and a Saints team that was missing half of their defense and half of their coaching staff due to COVID last season. There were reasons why Sam Darnold played well, and one of those reasons also was Christian McCaffrey. And once he lost McCaffrey and the O-line fell apart with injuries and just poor play, you saw him struggle. Maybe now with Austin Corbett and Bradley Bozeman on that offensive line and Brady Christensen going into the starting lineup, whether it's at left tackle or at guard, maybe the Panthers will be better this upcoming season for Sam Darnold on the offensive line. That's the hope. I think that they're better off. And Scott Fitterer, the general manager, said on Friday when he spoke to the local media here in Charlotte, he thinks that they're going to be better. I agree. And hopefully because of that, Chris McCaffrey can stay healthy. Robbie Anderson with better quarterback play, aided by Sam Darnold having more time in the pocket, could have a bounce back season. Let's see what we get, what we get out of Terrace Marshall. And, you know, let's see what happens legal if Shai Smith if he comes back and plays for the Panthers this upcoming season. We know what you're going to get out of DJ Moore. All of that points to Sam being better. But if they really thought he was going to take a huge step this year, they would not have, well, I guess, yes, they probably still would have been on Deshaun Watson, just like in the way with Cleveland, where they were in on him because, hey, Baker, well, they didn't really like him anymore, but he still got him to the playoffs a couple of years, well, last season, two seasons ago, back in 2020. And it wasn't like he was objectively terrible through his first four years in Cleveland and had been the only good quarterback they'd had in a very long time. But they had an opportunity to upgrade. So I still think the Panthers would have tried to upgrade like they tried to do with Sean Watson, but they wouldn't be looking at a quarterback in the draft if they felt like Sam Darnold, who they gambled on last year with the second, fourth, and sixth round picks and looked at his age and thought, hey, maybe this is someone that can be our long-term guy opposed to drafting Mac Jones or Justin Fields who were sitting right there in the draft or doing what San Francisco did and trading up and getting Trey Lance. We're making sure that they got their guy. If they felt the way that they allegedly felt about him last season – then there wouldn't be the conversation of, oh, are they interested in Baker Mayfield? Will they trade for Jimmy G? And with Jimmy G, there's a lot of talk now down in Palm Beach about him coming back to San Francisco because of, well, the Niners torpedoed their leverage in whatever they had last season when they traded up to get Trey Lance. And everyone knew, okay, this is probably the last year for Jimmy. And they stuck with them throughout the season. He helped them get to the NFC title game. And we saw in the final two drives there in that fourth quarter, why the 49ers wanted to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo, even though two of the last three seasons, and when he's healthy, when which is a key thing because he's not healthy a lot, the Niners have success. But you also have to have a lot around them to have success. So you see why the Panthers look at Jimmy G, and they don't think that's much of an upgrade, which is interesting to me. And the same thing with Baker Mayfield. There's mutual disinterest there. Andy Dalton, as I mentioned to you before, he's now with the Saints. Do you want Mike Lennon? I would think not. Do you want Ryan Fitzpatrick, who spent all of last season injured? He's 39. I don't think you'd want that. There's not a lot of great options out there, which leads me to believe that the best option, it's not really leads me to believe, it's pretty obvious, 
and Scott Fitter has said this before, the best option is to draft a quarterback. And when asked about, do you think that any of these guys could be a top 10 pick? He thinks one of those quarterbacks will end up being in the top 10. And while the draft analysts and all the experts out there who evaluate this class, look at these guys, the top three, at least the Panthers top three, the consensus top three that they'll bring in among their 30 interviews prior to the draft next, next month, they are going to bring in Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and Matt Corral. Those three guys, all are probably going in the first round. And one of them, maybe two of them, might go there in the top 10. The obvious spot would be six to Carolina, eight to Atlanta, and then we'll see what happens from there. Maybe someone trades up, like Pittsburgh, who's giving Mitch Trubisky a chance this season. But looking at that contract, not going to preclude them from drafting a quarterback. Same thing can be said about Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. Now, New Orleans with Jameis and now bringing Andy Dalton doesn't look like they're a team that's going to want to draft one of these guys after, well, they did just draft Ian Book later on. I don't think they really believe in him. They're hoping that Jameis Winston can work out. He at least has this season. If he does, then Jameis Winston would be their quarterback moving forward, probably based off the 2023 season right now. When looking at it, and it's going to continue to be the conversation that we're going to have here over the next month. We had it last season, uh, even though it didn't really make any sense. As I had said to y'all, like they traded for Sam Darnold. Clearly, that's their guy. But a lot of people still felt like, oh, well, you know, they could still get a quarterback at eight. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. Why would they make the trade for Sam Darnold and turn around and draft another quarterback? I can see the whole, oh, some guys don't, I don't believe in all that kind of stuff. Come on. They told you what they, how they felt about the quarterback class five weeks prior, and you just refused to listen. They're telling you how they feel about Sam Darnold and the other quarterbacks out on the market right now by being very interested. They are playing their hand. And when Scott Fitter and Matt Rule both said this week that the pecking order has changed, I sat there and watched all three of those pro days last week. I watched Kenny Pickett on Monday. I, I watched Malik Willis on Tuesday. I watched Matt Corral on Wednesday. It's very obvious who looked the best. And it's just a pro day. And I asked a question last week. Some people gave me examples. Whoever looks bad at a pro day. When you talk about the energy... You talk about the arm and you talk about all those intangibles that you want here in Carolina, especially bringing back the fun and the pride of the Carolinas that Cam brought back to us briefly there at the end of the last season. That guy's Malik Willis. I think going into it, they like Kenny Pickett the best because of the built-in relationship that Matt Rule has. And of course, David Tepper and his connections to Pittsburgh and Scott Fitter were seeing him at the AC title game here in Charlotte a couple months ago against Wake Forest. But once they got down to Lynchburg, Virginia, and they saw Malik Willis Bennett, and they saw how he interacted with his teammates and the leadership that he showed in just the athleticism and the ceiling and the talent that he has. They probably elevated him to number one on their board. It's pretty obvious. They don't want to play their hand. But anyone who sat there last week saw Malik Willis. If there's anybody that you want to get at six and you want to take a chance on, it's him. And I think the Carolina Panthers, we'll see how the rest of the weeks play out. But if they wanted a free agent quarterback, they probably would have already done it right now. And speaking of free agent quarterbacks, Cameron Jarrell Newton, the greatest quarterback here in Panthers history. And it's not really a question at all. And someone that all of us love. And if you don't love Cam, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Adam Schefter of ESPN.com had an update on him. And Joe Person also had a little bit of intel on Cam Newton and what role the Panthers want to bring him back on potentially here in Carolina if he does return in 2022. 
We'll get into that here in just a moment. I can't believe it's almost April. I would think at this time, you've pretty much given up on all your New Year's resolutions, but not this year, guys. Stick with me and let's stick to our resolution of eating right. And thanks to Built Bar, it almost feels like we don't really have a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with incredible flavors like yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They're so good. And by the way, guys, all Built Bars are covered in a 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting and they're better for you. So go to built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Last Friday, when speaking to the media here in Charlotte, Panthers general manager Scott Fitter let everyone know that the door is still open for Cam Newton to come back here to Carolina in 2022. Last season, after the Panthers lost Sam Darnold to an injury, there was a lot of talk about, hey, Cam, he's still out there. The Panthers need someone to come in here, potentially keep him afloat, save the season. I never thought it would happen. I thought that bridge had been burned, that Cam wouldn't come back. But Cam came back because he loves his place, and he came out his first two touches, two touchdowns there in Arizona, the home camming against Ron Rivera in the Washington, then football team at home, three touchdowns. And I thought, even a losing effort, if he played like that moving forward, no doubt Cam Newton would get another opportunity to be the franchise quarterback here in Carolina, and what a comeback story that would be. Now, unfortunately, things didn't go that way. As he struggled against Miami, they fired Joe Brady, and the offense fell apart, not because of Cam, Yes, Cam didn't play at a high level, and he's definitely past his prime. Can he still be a starting quarterback in this league? I don't know. I would love for him to get an opportunity. Would love for it to be here, if possible. But I also think that at a certain point in time, we need to move on and find that young quarterback who can bring the Carolina Panthers into this next generation. This, well, we'll see how long Matt Rule sticks around, but this generation now with David Tepper as the owner and moving it from the mom-and-pop shop that Jerry Richardson owned and now the Fortune 500 company and Wall Street business that David Tepper is trying to do with the construction down in Rock Hill with the new facility and saying they would never have this team at a competitive disadvantage, even though the fact that he always interferes is kind of leading him to a competitive disadvantage. Even still, Cam Newton would be someone I'd like to see back in Carolina, but only if he gets a legitimate chance to be a starter here. Last season, final two weeks of the season, we found out what the Carolina Panthers, in particular, Matt Rule and Scott Fitterer in this staff, thinks of Cam Newton when they put in Sam Darnold to start in New Orleans and to start in Week 18 at Tampa Bay, where he actually wasn't very bad at Tampa. And then Cam only came in as a gimmick guy. And I don't want to see Cam Newton 
reduced to being a gimmick or a backup here in Carolina of all places. To have seen what he did here, the win the MVPs, and I understand that he's not the same player that he was in 2015, or let alone hell, if he could be the same player he is in 2017, for the beginning of 2018 season before his shoulder fell apart, I would be totally fine with that, Cam, and that's someone who could win football games in this league. And that's who we had hoped that we would have during those years when Ron was still here in Carolina and when he brought in um, Norv Turner and what the offense looked like with Cam getting the ball out quick and having the highest completion percentage of his career. That was a Cam Newton that we thought we were going to see for the next couple of years. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see enough of him. And we've always wondered what it could have been had he not had those shoulder injuries and whether Cam could still be that Superman that we saw here. Maybe not in 2015, but in 2017 and the first part of 2018. I don't want to see him back here as a backup. And according to Joe Person, uh, the Panthers reached out to Cam a couple weeks ago as Scott Fitter mentioned on Friday that he hadn't spoken to Cam. He had spoken to Stephon Gilmore because he's a neighbor and they ran, ran it. Well, I guess they had called him and Dan Morgan had uh, called Stephon and said, hey, come down to dinner at nearby their, their, their um, neighborhood down there in Waxhaw. But for Cam, he's spoken to Matt Rule, which is interesting. They had talked about potentially, you know, coming back, whether things would be right for Cam or right for the team. And Cam told us after the season that he's not coming back for no 5-12. and 12. He was happy to be back, but he's at a point in his career where, you know, he either wants to start or maybe be a backup somewhere where a team's going to win. Now, Joe Person from The Athletic reported that the Panthers reached out to Cam about potentially being a backup had they traded for Deshaun Watson. What would that have meant for Sam Darnold? They would have obviously tried to offload him like I'm sure they're trying to do right now. I don't think any team, as I've said to you multiple times, is stupid enough to do that as the Panthers were the only dumb team last year to try and trade for Sam Darnold. And they bet they were basically betting or not betting against themselves. So they were um, bidding against themselves and they gave up a precious second round pick they could use and then a fourth and sixth round pick that they were able to get back, but still way too much for a quarterback who's not very good. And you saw what Matt Ryan got traded to, for to the Colts and, Yes, I understand the leverage there and the, the age and all that, but come on, former MVP and Sam Darnold went for more youth, being a top three pick. Just, it's just so dumb how some of these teams operate. But hearing that reaffirms my belief that I told y'all on Monday that if Cam was given an earnest opportunity to be a starting quarterback here in Carolina, that he would have already agreed to come back. Now hearing that report makes all the sense why Cam is still out there testing out his market. And according to Adam Schefter from ESPN.com, the NFL insider, that the pan, uh, that Cam texted him saying, you know, he's drawing interest, that I have teams that are interested in signing me. I'm waiting on the best fit as it pertains to winning a championship and getting a fair chance to play. Carolina did not want to give him a fair chance to play. Right there. You know it from what Joe Person reported. Joe's pretty nails when it comes to this stuff. Now, had it been for Deshaun, maybe he would have came back, but I don't think he wanted to do that especially here in Carolina. It's like you, I basically made this franchise relevant. Why would I come back and be a backup? Even to Deshaun Watson. Why would I be a backup to anyone in Carolina? As we saw last year, it had to make a lot of people sick to watch Sam Darnold play a, ahead of Cam Newton. What, like, what the hell are we even doing here? I'm happy that Cam is drawing interest. He wasn't last season. No, no team out there was interested in Cam until the Panthers called, came and called him. And the fact that Cam, and I think the best thing that happened to Cam as far as his market this year and getting an opportunity, getting interest from teams, was that he came to Carolina, they played, and then when they sat him, he was a good teammate. And he's always been a good teammate. There's always been these misnomers about Cam, about always selfish and all that kind of stuff. Doesn't work hard when he's not selfish. He's always been a great teammate. He's always come in and been the first one in there and worked harder. And he 
added that leadership that the Panthers sorely needed towards the end of last season. Didn't result in any wins outside the Arizona game, but it helped these guys. And it was good to see someone with that kind of energy and that professionalism be in that building. They said the same thing about Stephon Gilmore. That's what Cam added. And being able to come back and to sit behind Sam Darnold and not to pout about it, not like I ever thought he would, it showed teams out there who think poorly of Cam. And Scott Fitter even mentioned, not saying that he felt he thought poorly of him, but he talked about, oh, well, you know, you see him from the outside. You're not really sure who this guy is. And when you get around him, you can tell, okay, everyone's wrong about this guy. He's an excellent teammate. He's, he's someone that you want in your team. And teams have now seen that. Now he's been in New England with Belichick, and all Belichick ever had to say was great things about him. And now he came to Carolina and proved that he can sit back and be a backup. I can see a team's now being interested. But one thing that Cam seems not to be interested in is coming back here and being a back with the Sam Darnold or anybody. I know the fans out there would love for the Panthers to draft Malik Willis and have Cam be the backup. I mean, what's that? One, two, three, four quarterbacks. Like, yeah, you let you want to get rid of Sam Darnold, but man, it's gonna be hard to do that. It'd be great to see that. As I said again, I don't want to see Cam Newton here in Carolina backing up anybody, especially after what we saw at his heights here in Carolina. Okay, so one of the main things down at the NFL owners meetings in Palm Beach, Florida, was the overtime rule decision and vote. And it came to a decision on Tuesday. And I think a lot of fans will be happy about it, unless these fans want to have something to complain about because now they probably have lost the one thing they love to complain about, and that was the overtime rules. We'll get into the rule changes here in just a moment. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers and makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? Get computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find a solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box to know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The NFL announced on Tuesday that the overtime rules have changed in a vote among the NFL owners. That's key. The NFL owners are the ones who vote on rule changes like this. Competition committee tells them about potential rule changes. As we saw, two teams will put two different proposals out there, and they voted on the proposal that made the most sense to change the overtime rules in the postseason opposed to in the regular season. Now moving forward, this will be called the Josh Allen rule. As we remember back in that great divisional round game in Kansas City where the Chiefs were able to come back and win that game against Buffalo 
won the coin toss, went down, won the game after the Bills were up. They were up, what, by three with 13 seconds left to go. And somehow Kansas City was still able to find a way to take that game into overtime. And Josh Allen famously never got an opportunity to touch the ball. Same thing happened a couple of years ago during the AFC title game, Kansas City and New England, where Tom Brady and the Patriots converted three straight third down, third and tens, and got down the field and won the game. Mahomes never touched the ball, upsetting a lot of people. Although that same day, New Orleans got the ball first, turned it over, and then the Rams kicked the field goal to go to the Super Bowl. There's been countless examples and maybe not enough of a sample size to change the rule, but they decided to do that. As 10 of the 12 games that have gone overtime, the team that got the ball first won, which is, I guess, big enough for some most people, I assume. And then seven of those 12 times the team scored on that first possession to end the game. So about over 50% of the time, the team got the ball first, scored right there and won, opposed well, when it's 10 out of the 12 that who got the ball first. Maybe they didn't get it and score immediately, but they eventually did win that game. So now what's going to happen? In overtime, in the playoffs, which is key, in the playoffs only, I understand why they did that. It didn't make a ton of sense to me. If they're going to change the rule to do it in a regular season, why extend the game? You had 60 minutes to play. You already have a time limit of 10 minutes in the overtime that you brought down from the previous 15. You just want to get the game over with. If you can't figure it out over 60 minutes in a regular season, then you really don't deserve to have an opportunity to really spend all that time getting the ball back again. And how much time would you really have if the team goes down there? Okay, we scored. They use seven minutes of the clock. Now you only have three minutes to get down there. And then if they score a touchdown, like, are they going to go for two? Or are they going to kick the – or what are they going to do? I don't, I don't know. There's there's plenty of scenarios. It doesn't really matter at this point. But now, in overtime, in the playoffs, both teams will touch the ball. So that first team goes down, scores a touchdown. The other team will have an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown. And if the game's tied, then it becomes sudden death. Now, a big part of this was people saying you don't want a game decided on a coin flip. In a way – you know, the coin flip will still decide it because if you flip the coin and you take the ball, you can score, and then your opponent, they score, and it's tied, then you get the ball first. And I wonder, and that's just one thought. I, I don't, it's, I said to y'all yesterday, I still feel the same way. I don't really care. They changed the overtime rules, so be it. It doesn't really matter to me all that much. If anything, if you want to change it, do it for overtime in the playoffs, especially after you played 18 weeks of the season, maybe give them an opportunity. I also look at it as like, hey, maybe play better defense. I get it. The rules have changed to where it favors the offense, and that makes a lot of sense. It is quarterback-driven league. It's an entertainment product. You want to see the best stars get the opportunity to respond. And I get that. The, the, like the chess match, the duel that we saw against Buffalo and Kansas City, you would have loved to see Josh Allen get the opportunity unless you hate the Bills like me, and we're fine with him not getting an opportunity and them losing that game. And so I, I understand that whole aspect of it. Just for me overall, like, whatever. If they want to change the rules, so be it. It's not that big of a deal um, to me at all. Uh, I know I think it will probably be better for the sport moving forward. And who knows? Maybe it's not. We'll see if there's any unintended consequences. As far as strategy now, I will be interested to see how many teams there on that first drive, if they score a touchdown, go for two to then force the issue for their opponent. Because if you get if you get it, and it's like, okay, well, now they got to go for two. And if they don't get it, of course, you know, that team loses. And But if you score first and you don't get it, then it's going to make things difficult for you and your defense is going to have to step up. At some point in time, the defense has to step up. And that was kind of a point for a lot of people out there. And I guess I'm part of that camp as well, even though it really, again, doesn't matter to me all that much. Only reason I have to have an opinion on this, I do an NFL podcast. And I guess you have to have an opinion on every little NFL thing if you do one of those things. But hey, good for the NFL for changing the rule past 29 to three. So 
vast majority of NFL owners wanted to do it. I haven't seen who the ones that were dissenting. I know Matt, uh, not Matt Rule, but um, Mike Tomlin came out on Monday saying he's cool with the sudden death, didn't really want to change it. I don't know if the Rooney family listened to him. I doubt it. The owners listen only to their pockets and to themselves. So they decided that, hey, it made sense. Let's go ahead and change it. Um, one other thing, too, Matt Rule was actually in favor of having it also in the regular season, which was funny to me because the example he brought up was when the Panthers went to overtime against the Vikings and the Vikings went down there and scored immediately and the Panthers never got a chance to respond. That same game, Sam Darnold threw a pick on the first play of the game and the Panthers offense was complete crap for 55 minutes of that game. Then out of nowhere, they scored back-to-back touchdowns. Credit to Sam Darnold for what he was able to do to lead those touchdown drives and they got the game to overtime. The defense still gave up almost 600 yards total in that game. The Panthers did not deserve to win that game. It's just funny to me. It's like, hey, our offense was terrible all, all day long and then magically appeared and was able to tie the game. We deserve an opportunity. It's like, come on, dude. You have 60 minutes to figure things out, especially in a regular season. If you can't do it and you can't win it then, then we don't need to go drag this thing out all day long. Now, the playoffs certainly is different. But at the end of the day, it's over. It's been decided. And – if you like it, congratulations. If you hate it, well, I'm sorry. I guess you can still complain about the overtime rules. And I think that we're all going to probably move forward and try to find something else to be upset about as we live in the outrage culture here in 2022 in America. But it's fun. I'm happy that they, I don't know, happy. Uh, what it, Again, great. They changed it. It will probably offer better results. The one thing that would be funny is if they changed it for the playoffs and then we don't have an overtime game in the playoffs for like the next five years. And it's, oh, well, we did all that moaning about the overtime rules, and now we never have overtime games in the playoffs. But that's unlikely to happen, in my opinion, just based off just the competitiveness of the league. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up here on this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. This is by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Try to get to 800 subscribers by the end of the week. Thank you to everyone so far who has supported the show on YouTube. And thank you to everyone who supports the show by listening on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and all the other podcasting platforms out there. We're on pretty much every single one of them. If I'm not on one of them, let me know and I'll get that fixed. And follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. So either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council or leave a comment on any of the week's shows, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday on YouTube. And I'll get to your questions there on Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag. In the meantime... Stay safe, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.